0: We're going to be in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke was a doctor. Amen. In the Bible, God used this man, hardworking man. And you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher for God to use you in a great way. God raises up faithful Hard working men. Hard working women. Uh, diligent, faithful people. Children of God to do his work. Oh, okay. Hey, all the kids, you can go downstairs if you want um, with Mrs. Holdsworth. You guys will have a good time. Brother Rob, I'm getting a little feedback here. Good? Yeah, go ahead. There's going to be prizes and candy and games and Bible message just for the kids. All right, Luke chapter 17. And uh, when you find, if you would stand with me, verse 26, we're going to read. Luke 17, verse 26. The Bible says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Let's pray, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will just help us all now and and hear from heaven the words that you would want us to hear. Lord, in order for that to happen, our hearts have to be tender. Lord, in order for that to happen, Father, our, our hearts have to be right. Well, God, it doesn't take much to get them right with you. It just takes us giving up. And giving over to you. Lord, we can get right with you right now as I'm praying. Father, if there's anything between us and you, Lord, help us to acknowledge it. Just give it up. It's just a, I'm sorry, Lord. That's all it takes. Lord, for you are a God that delighteth not in wrath, but in mercy. Lord, you are ready to forgive and ready to build us back up, Father, for your honor and glory. Lord, you're not a God that holds a grudge. Lord, you're not a God that holds bitterness. You're a God that forgives and forgets the moment a sinner repents. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us be that sinner. Lord, like the thief on the cross that just looked over to you, looked you in the eyes and said, remember me and help us all, I pray. Lord, to be... Father, acknowledge who we really are, but most of all, acknowledge who you are. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 You, may, you may be seated. But uh, Lord said, "As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man." This is when the Lord's coming back. Amen. And as it was in the days of Lot, that's with Sodom and Gomorrah, when the cities were burned, and God used them cities uh, as an example. Uh, for the children of Israel, that they can look back. You know, uh, geographically, if you go to that area, you will find uh, ruins of a city of Sodom, where the stones that were made to build houses of are literally still in formation, but they're ashes. You can go up to the uh, to the stones and and just crumble them like they were ashes, and there there's big balls of sulfur embedded in those stones, and there's balls of sulfur uh, embedded all around that area that can only come, that's not of this earth, but only could come from above. And God left it as a memorial. And there's people who don't want to talk about that, but it's there. It's undeniable. And it's not about trying to prove the Bible right. It's just acknowledging that God is right. Because the Bible can never be proven wrong. You cannot prove the Bible wrong. The Bible is without error. Uh, There is nothing that uh, God has said that will ever be untrue. This is not a book written by man. This is a book spoken by God. Amen? And this is not, I don't like to say, oh, back in Bible times. No, this is Bible times right now. There's no such thing as Bible times. Bible times is not history. Bible times are forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Because Bible is an eternal book. Thank God for his word, and we can stand on it. Amen. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah. What happened with Noah? Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness. And he would try to get these people. Listen, I I said it before, I don't wish anybody to go to hell. I don't wish my enemies to go to hell. I don't wish uh, uh, people that, I don't wish the Muslims to go to hell. I don't wish the people who deny Jesus Christ to go to hell. And neither does God wish them to go to hell. He died for them and he loves them just as much as he loves you and me. He loves this world. For God so loved the world. And we might not think like that because we're sinners and out of us comes hatred and every evil work and variance and emulations and seditions and strife and, and all the fruits of the flesh. But from God stemeth love and forgiveness to all mankind and to everyone that is ready to look up and ask for salvation. And God is ready to forgive and ready to save and ready to dump His abundant love upon that poor soul that never has been truly loved before. For God is love. And Noah, there was only eight souls, the Bible says in 2 Peter, or 1 Peter, eight souls that were saved. Eight souls. You had Noah, his wife, and then Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. That's eight people. That's all who would listen. To the gospel, the glorious gospel message. For the Bible says, "Few there be that find it," and thank God that I'm one of the few that found it. Amen. Not because I'm anything special, but because Christ came to my life and I asked Christ to save me. Thank God, you have men who don't, uh, in our eyes, don't deserve to get saved, like that thief on the cross. He even acknowledged, he said, "I deserve to be here," but this man had done nothing, and he turned to Christ and said, "Lord." Please remember me. Remember who I am. And I'm only saying that because I acknowledge who you are. And you're, you're a righteous man. And you're not of this earth. And remember me when you go into your kingdom. And the Bible says Christ turned back and said, Today you're going to be with me forever. 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 Neither shall they perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of his hand. As it was in the days of Noah. God told Noah to build that ark. And he got building. And he built that thing with the plans that God gave him. Every truss, every joint, every mass, every whatever it took to build that ark, Noah and his sons built. I wonder if they hired local people to help build. I don't know, it doesn't say. I wonder if they went to the stores and local shops and said, hey, listen, I need, I need... A hundred thousand pounds of gopher wood. Noah, what's that for? Well, God told me to build this boat. Listen, I'm here. I'm about to buy a lot of lumber from you. Can you listen to me for a minute? Do you know the God of heaven is going to send a flood? That man didn't get saved. And every Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And every person that Noah went to to try to get saved, they wouldn't want to hear it. It doesn't mean they're bad people in our eyes. They were probably Noah's friends, Noah's best friends. People, listen, Noah's brothers and sisters didn't even make it into the ark. They didn't even want to listen. Noah had other siblings, but Noah, it was just Noah and his family. That was it. The Bible says that water came as God's judgment. And thank God that we still have that rainbow in the sky. Amen? To remind us. To remind us that God is the righteous judge of all the earth. And that He could send and judge this earth at any time. But He won't buy water anymore. The next time God judged the earth, the Bible says Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, Lot. There's a verse in thirty-two. The Bible says, "Remember Lot's wife." Remember Lot's wife. What happened with Lot's wife? She looked back. She said, "I forgot my purse." Whatever it was, it doesn't mean she was an evil woman. It's just who we are. We're quick to point fingers at people. But I'll tell you this, I, I read my Bible and I say, man, I'm worse than these people. I'm worse. And the Bible says that God's children are often more worse than the wicked. Because we hold something more dear and precious Because we know the right way, but we don't do it. Because we have the help we need, but we don't take it. Because we have the God who loves us, but we reject it. Because we have uh, the forgiveness always there, but we take advantage of it and continue to provoke God. As the children of Israel did in the wilderness for 40 years. Provocation after provocation after provocation. uh, Provoking the Lord with our sins and refuse to just acknowledge God and love Him who He is and serve Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. But you'll have religious people who don't really know God, who are not really saved, but they'll dedicate their lives and they'll whip themselves and they'll beat themselves and they'll fast and they'll, they'll wear the right clothing and they'll, they'll give their lives to religion and then go right to hell. But God's people have a problem just making it for a one-hour service on a Sunday morning or they'll have a problem just handing out a track and, sharing uh, the Lord Jesus Christ who redeemed their soul with somebody else who's dying and going to hell and they'll have a problem with just spending two minutes or five minutes in prayer or they'll have a problem with just picking up their Bible and, and reading a verse and they have the truth. But religious people will give their entire life for something that is not even truth. Oh, God's children always have been worse than the wicked. But we've obtained mercy, the Bible says. We've obtained it. We've obtained the mercy through salvation. And thank God for that mercy. But don't ever think that you're above and beyond the wicked. No, we're oftentimes more wicked. But we just have an abundant God full of mercy and ready to forgive and full of love and compassion. This man up here, is in dire need of God's grace, dire need of God's help. The Bible says in verse 27, they did eat and drank and married wives and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. I can imagine people when it started pouring down rain for the first time on this earth, the Bible says the world that God had created was no more after that flood. It had completely turned the world as, as it was first created into something different. It changed the format on earth. It changed from every cavern and mountain that formed up and, and from every a valley and, and the, the water levels. Everything turned upside down. And the world was no more that was. But now we only know the world that is here now very different from how God created it. Destroyed the first by water. Changed it around. Everything went on normally. They, they just lived life. The Bible says they, they were given in marriage. They were doing things properly. And they, just, they were just eating and working and, 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 and doing things like people always do. Until one day that drop of rain started coming down. And the Bible says the fountains of the deep broke forth and opened up, and water came up, and rain came down. And it unleashed the fury of God's wrath upon this world by water. And I can imagine people screaming out to Noah, holding on to the sides of the ark with all they got, and with children on the mom's backs, and they're holding on to that ark until they can hold on no longer. And that ark just rose up and rose up and rose up, until every living, breathing creature on this world that wasn't in the ark died. The Bible says, likewise also, verse 28, as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat and they drank, they bought and they sold, they planted, they built it. They went on with life as everyday life. But right before God's judgment, God delivered Noah and his family because they were saved. And right before the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, because the wickedness of those cities had reached the nostrils of God and he had to do something about it. God says, but I'm not going to let my children burn with them. I'm going to deliver them from the wrath to come. And let me tell you this, the Bible says if you're saved, you are delivered from God's wrath to come. And we have the time of Jacob's trouble coming. We have the seven-year tribulational period, and it is coming. It is coming. It is on its way. We are in the last days. All the signs, the Bible says, it's like a a woman about to uh, give birth and the contractions come. It means the baby is on its way any day. Any day, and we see the contractions. We see the birth pains. We see the, the birth of the tribulation about to come. There has never been a time like this uh, since the formation back of Israel. After 2,000 years and, and everything laying uh, in its proper place according to the word of God, the tribulation is coming. But if you are saved today, you are delivered from God's wrath. God will not send one ounce of judgment upon this earth until every one of his children are out. Everything goes on like normally. The Bible says, but the same day, Lot went out of Sodom. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all geographically you can look up documentaries and all, they know where it's at, they found it, and you can see the balls of brimstone that are not of this world, are still there. You can see the, the uh, uh, buildings and bricks of ashes that are still there. You can't take, you take an old stone, you're gonna see a stone. But you take a stone and you start crumbling it and you say, this thing has been burnt up with a fervent heat. How could this happen? only by God, and God left it there, and it's still there today. Nothing has ever been built on it. You will see the ashes and the brimstone, the sulfur balls of Sodom and Gomorrah even today. We think of Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities, they're known for their homosexuality, and the perversion. Well, let's go to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel. It's after Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Keep going, you're going to see Isaiah, then Jeremiah, and then Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 16. God always warns His people. Always warns His people. The Bible says early, before things happen. Before things happen. God is, the Bible says God is not a God who delights in His wrath. He does not like to be angry. God likes to be joyful and loving. That's the God. But his wrath comes when sin. And people don't turn to him because he's a righteous judge and he does what is right. And as a righteous judge, he will judge sin and he will judge this world. And right now the Bible says this is a time of God's mercy, the time of God's grace that has spread abroad throughout all the earth but all of his wrath is stored up in one cup and it will be unleashed in his time at that last day. Chapter 16 of Ezekiel, verse 48, the Bible says, as I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done. No, she hath not done what you've done. She nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Oh, God's people have always done more worse than wicked. Listen, when God's people get away from God, you'll do 10 times worse more than any wicked person out there. Your heart will become bitter towards God when the wicked will be craving God and craving love and craving attention and and we'll just reject God and everything he has to offer us and just fly towards the wicked. The Bible rebukes Israel and says, even even a harlot shall, shall receive money from her customers. But my people will pay her customers to do wicked. Will spend to do wicked versus getting something. Will go the, the extra mile to go above and beyond more than what this world does. Verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. This was it. There's six of them. Number one is pride. Oh, pride. 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 We need to have humble hearts. Pride comes in many forms. You do not know if you're a prideful person. Your pride will keep that from you. You do not know your heart. Your pride will keep it. Your pride is the image people see. But you need to find out what God really sees of what you try to keep under the rug, what you try to uh, hide from others, your pride protects that. It's an image that's not you. Only the God of heaven can reveal it from His word as a mirror and show you the hidden sins of your heart. Pride creeps up in all of our hearts. There's not one person exempt from pride. Pride. It's, it's something that's built in us. God needs to humble us or we need to humble ourselves before God. Pride. This was a sin of Sodom. Second one, fullness of bread. Just people living to get fullness of this world. Good or bad. In this case, bread. It's good. It doesn't have to be bad. But living for the fullness of this world, what this world has to offer them, their family. And it's not wrong to eat bread. It's not what the Bible's saying, but it's what you're living for. Abundance of idleness. The idle mind is what? The devil's playground. The abundance of idleness. Listen, this age of technology as we call it Do not let it dock you on your couch. Do not let it take you away from your kids. Do not let it take you away from your spouse. Do not let it take you away from God. What I have seen. Now, I'm not a big technology guy. People say it's a great tool. But what I've seen is that oftentimes we're the tool. It's the other way around. Don't ever be hesitant to throw your computer out your second floor window (laughs) onto your lawn if you have to do that. If I was driving down the street and I see computers out flying out the window, I would say, amen. <laughs> do what you have to do for yourself. There is nothing that I can say other than that. Whatever you have to do, do that. If there's things coming in between you, if there's things that are preventing you, if there are things that are hurting you, get rid of them. Get rid of them. You do not have to have them, okay? I'm not saying live like an Amish person, but whatever you have to do, that's it. That's all. Whatever you have to do, don't settle for living hurt. Don't settle for living less for God because you're stuck with something. Get rid of that something so that you can move on. This is why God destroyed these cities. Neither does she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. This is not handing a dollar to the addicts on the corner in Philadelphia. Right? We do that. I feel bad for them, too. I'll say, don't, you know, be careful giving them money. And then I'll see them. I'll give them a track and a dollar or whatever, you know. Try to give them a bottle of water, something. Jesus said it. He said, the poor, you preach the gospel unto them. If you're a person that is quick to give money to the poor and needy, sometimes it's good to give them physical things, but it's always necessary to give them Jesus. And if you never give them Jesus, then you're not giving them what is necessary. And that's what this is talking about. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. How do you strengthen them? Give them money? No. It runs out quick. Strengthen them. Get them while, find, Let them know why they're in the state and let them know the one that can really help them. Strengthen them. It doesn't say provide for them. Show them the God that will provide for them. Lazarus uh, lay and he was poor and the dog licked his sores, but somebody came along and gave him a gospel and he got saved. And the Bible says the moment he passed away, the angels came and got his body and carried him to heaven. Living rich now. Strengthen them. This is why God burned these cities. Oh, they didn't even strengthen the poor. Sometimes we'll give a dollar and pass over the poor. We think we've done justice. When you preach, you preach the gospel to them, you'll see the difference. You'll see the difference. They were haughty. Verse 50, haughty. Haughty stems from pride. It's, it's a branch of pride. It's that spirit from pride, from being proud. I don't, I don't have time for chair. I my Sundays are busy. Ooh. Right? Haughty spirit. Ha- being haughty. Listen, God can take away your life now. You better give him some time. The rich man, he, he, he was spent his life gathering and gathering and gathering. And his next plan was, I gathered so much and I still need to gather more, but I don't have any room to put it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tear down all that I have and just build greater... So I can have more. And God said, Now, fool, you're dying right now. This day, thy soul is required of thee. You may control your body, you may control the physical, but I control the spiritual. And without your soul, there is no physical. And God required his soul at that moment, and his body just dropped dead and lay. Laid- lifeless, without, a listen, our bodies, you could pump them, you could put them on machines, you could put them on a heart thing, and you could breathe oxygen into them, but without a soul, our body lay lifeless. Adam didn't come to life until God himself put his mouth on Adam's nostrils and breathed, and Adam came to life. Man became a living soul. And the last one, committed abomination before me. That's where the homosexuality and perversion, away from God's law, away from God's order of things. We focus on that one, but what about the other five? We got the the last one down, but what about the other five? God destroyed those cities because of the six, not just the one. We have a gracious God. We've obtained mercy that others haven't obtained, not because of who we are, but because of how good God is. If you would, go with me to Genesis chapter 18. God's not saying don't have bread. God's not saying uh, you can't enjoy this life. God's just saying put him first and seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Genesis chapter 18, the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent at the door in the heat of the day. This is talking about Abraham. God appeared to Abraham, and we're going to see it was a physical appearance. Who's the physical appearance of God? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and the three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. The Lord Jesus Christ, as we're going to see here, appeared to Abraham. Abraham was waiting for the promise of Isaac. God said, I'm going to give you a son, Isaac. Really? Man, years passed. Year after year after year after year after year after year after year. Would your faith grow dim? Man, if I don't get things now, I'm done. Lord, I pray you get me out of this problem by 10 o'clock. Amen. Man, pray for me. I'm going through some problems. Did you pray about it? Yeah, I prayed about it. But things, you know, I I just believe God's not answering my prayer. And, and, you know, I'm just going to make this decision. But day after day, year after year, Abraham waited for the promise of God. And even in Sarah's womb, it was dead and dried up. And God brought life back according to his time. And made something more beautiful. What if God gave them a child when they were young married, the promised child? But Abraham and Sarah went out with a bang. Their marriage and their promise that they waited for together their whole life. And in the end of their marriage, they weren't bickering and amen, and um, uh, uh, throwing each other out of the house when they were 100 years old, no. God gave them a child. God brought life back into the older age when nobody can bring life. And God is good with bringing life. Amen. You think something is dead in your life or in your home or in your whatever, whatever area of your life, you think something is dead and it cannot be revived, you just need God to breathe in the nostrils and God will breathe back into the breath of life. Abraham, he hastened, the Bible says, and he, he made them a meal, and they told Sarah, Sarah, you're going to have a child by next year, you're going to have a child, and Sarah laughed, she said, I can't, that's crazy, can't believe this is happening, and the Lord, the Bible says, this is with Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 26, Genesis 18, 26. And the Lord said, he told Abraham, I'm going to have to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, what happened was Abraham and Lot, they went their separate ways. And Lot chose Sodom because the plains were beautiful and and, and, and there was a lot of water and everything. and, And Lot chose that area because of all the cattle that he had. And it just appeased his eyes and his wisdom and said, you know, this is the best place for me. Abraham was not the type of guy, he didn't care because he knew God would take care of him whether he was in a desert, whether he, listen, he knew if God has sent him to a desert, God will provide the water. Abraham was just a man of faith. Lot wasn't. Lot seen it. He's like, I'll take this. You know, that's when don't lean onto your own understanding. But if I seen I would have been the same way as Lot, I don't think I would have been any different. And I've, I've heard people say, oh, Lot should have got his family out of those cities and they were just wicked. And I've replied, well, Philadelphia's very wicked and I'm living in it with my family. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm probably just like Lot. I'm not any different. But Lot wasn't all that wicked. The Bible said he was a man of faith also. And we all struggle in areas, yeah. And you can read the story of Lot, and there's some things I don't want to like reading about, about him. But the truth is, he's just a man he lost his wife. He had two daughters. He lived in Sodom. You find out the, the daughter's husbands, they probably weren't all that good. They weren't there for him. The Lord tells Abraham, we're going to destroy the city. Abraham had a hard time with that. He did not want to hear that. He said, that's not of you, Lord. That's not like you to do that. How, how can you do that? How, I, know, I know them. There's Joey and, and all Lot's friends, and we go over and we, and we talk, and we, we even have Bible studies, and, and they're not bad people. And Lot couldn't or Abraham couldn't fathom that. And he says in verse 26, And the Lord said, If I find Sodom, in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I, I will spare the place of their sakes. And Abraham answered, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but thus, perventure there shall lack five. And A- Abraham asked, Lord, if there's 50 people, would you, would you spare the city? And God said, of course, of course. Well, he said, I, I, I can think of 50 people there. And the Lord just shook his head, no. No. They might be right in your eyes, but I know who they are. I know that they rejected me. I know they're not saved. And he, Abraham asked, well, 45? And God said, sure. And he got him down to 40. What about 40? If There's 40 righteous. And... No. I know 50 people, good people, the family people. They're not like the other guys there. They're not like the other people. No. 30 people, no. 20 people, no, there's not 20 there either. I'll spare it for 20, but there's not 20. Lord, how about 10? Verse 32, how about 10? How about 10 people, just 10 people? There's, I, know, I know for sure there's 10 people. I can name all their names. I know for sure. And God shook his head, no. Nope, there's not ten people there, Abraham. That's why I'm villainous. Verse thirty three, and the Lord went his way. That's Christ. And as soon as he left commuting with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Verse or chapter nineteen And there came two angels to Sodom at Even. This could be in Revelation chapter eighteen. I'm sorry, 14, when the Lord Jesus Christ from the cloud sends the two reapers, four angels total, two supervising angels. But there's two reaping angels that the Lord Jesus Christ sends in at the seven year tribulation. I wonder, I wonder, this is Christ here, verse 33, the Lord went his way. Abraham was talking to the Lord there. Face to face, it reminds me when, when Jesus was telling the Pharisees, no, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. When I came to him, if you just read Genesis chapter 18, Pharisees, I'm there. I'm there. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and was glad. They got upset with that. Abraham seen the Lord face to face. Because Christ is yesterday, today, and forever. And Christ here sends his two angels. Revelation chapter 14, Christ sends two reaping angels. And the Bible says in this world, the angels go through with sickles and they just start killing. God, Part of God's judgment. And the Bible says the blood from the people raises up about five to six feet deep and is as big as a lake, just full of blood. God's wrath. Why doesn't God do anything about the wicked on this earth? Oh, he stores it up in one big cup. Why, doesn't, why does God allow bad things to happen? Oh, he stores it up. Why does God just overlook all the wickedness that's going on? Oh, he doesn't. The Bible says every word will be judged. And he stores up his wrath. And the Bible says all at one time he's going to dump it out. Just as the rain fell, he's going to dump it out. Just as the the fire and brimstone rained on on all the cities, Sodom, Gomorrah, and surrounding, it all came down. And just as Noah was delivered, and just as Lot and his family is delivered, so shall we be delivered. The Bible says we shall meet him in the air. Jesus Christ will come and the Bible says he will not step foot on this earth. Oh, no, that is during the millennial. He will step in the clouds and we shall meet him in the air. And just as Jesus was walking on the sea, he's going to be walking on those clouds. And just as he called Peter, Peter, come on and walk on the sea with me. So shall we be and we'll walk on the clouds with him. and then he'll take us to heaven right before his wrath is poured out right before the bloodbath starts. Friend, but don't be caught up in the wickedness of the land. It's more than just what you've conquered. It may be what you've not done. For Christ, Christ has something for your life more than what you know. It's a challenge. It's a task. It's your strength. When you get in place of what God wants you to do and you perform it with your heart, you have a fulfilled life. Don't let the devil take you out. Don't let your own flesh take you out. Get moving for God and do what you can do. Anything stands in the way, get the backbone and strength and say nothing's going to stand in between me and my God anymore. I'm putting them first. Enough with this life. I'm moving forward for Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, please, you help us. Help us, oh God, in all we do. Lord, there's more than just the sins that we've conquered in our life. Father, what about our future? What about what you want us to do? What about your will, your good and perfect will that flows from above? Father, your grace is there to do what we can't do. Your mercy is there to pick us back up. Your love is there, Lord, when we feel lonely and nobody cares for us or wants us. Lord, you're there. What excuse do we have any longer? Lord, we look at the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah and say, oh, how wicked those people were. But Lord, we need to look at ourselves and see how we are. Lord, but we know that we've obtained mercy. We know we're delivered from the wrath. But I pray, oh God, that we would take initiative, get a backbone, and start standing for God in these last days. Father, as Noah was a preacher of righteousness till the end, Lord, as Lot and Abraham, they tried to get people, Lord, they even tried to to, to stop you from destroying those cities. Lord, I pray that we take somebody to heaven with us. We see the time. We see the day is approaching. Lord, if we really believe that we will do something about it. With everybody standing, heads bowed. If God spoke to your heart, there's people here. You know you have lost loved ones. You know you have people you need to witness to. How, when is the last time you shared the Lord Jesus Christ with somebody? every head bowed you say pastor w- would you pray for me help me to get back on track help me to get back on track i see those hands i see the hand every i see the hands all around god bless you god bless you help me to get back on track help me not to allow the simple the fullness of bread to stop me from serving you it's just bread it's just bread what are we giving up Christ for in this life something that can rot and mold, something where thieves can break through or steal, oh, let it stop now. Let it stop here. You're going to get the grace to go forward. You're going to get God's strength in his hand to help you do more than what you've ever could think could be done. As long as you make the decision, as long as you turn your heart to God and say, God, let that be me. I'm going to pray. You pray with me, Lord. Lord, I pray, please. It's just a decision. As a thief on the cross, all he did was, Lord, look to his left and said, Lord, just remember me. And what more can we do but look to the God of heaven? Father, I pray you give us the grace and the strength to perform the your will and to do uh, your will and to be the Christian, the Christian father, the Christian man, the the Christian woman, the Christian mom you want us to be. I pray, Lord, as your people, help us not to waste our life. Lord, as you are the giver of life, renew our life. Make it new and fresh. Fill us with your love and your grace and mercy. I pray. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'll be praying for you throughout the week. And I hope you were filled today with the strength of God's word. Amen. Brother Paul. You're gonna be in the back. Brother Paul has the plate for the offering. We don't take tithes and offering. We have them in the back. You can also give online. Also, we have a guest speaker coming in a couple weeks. August 9th, we have a guest speaker. So get ready for that. Amen.